Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said, I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Seven more days. Next Saturday, Week Zero gets going. Northwestern will be in action, so uh, the college football season will be here. And I figured no better person to bring on than Brad Powers, a guy that's been betting into these college football win totals, spreads for Week Zero, Week One, conference futures, Heisman, title future, all sorts of stuff. We're going to hit it all. Uh, over the course of this conversation, check out Brad Powers at bradpowersports.com. And he's on Twitter at bradpowers7 on Twitter. Brad, thanks for coming on Early Odds this morning in Chicago. Hey, really appreciate you having me. So I'm a Notre Dame fan. You're <laughs> a Notre Dame fan. And we've got plenty of Irish fans uh, listening here in the Chicagoland area. Uh, let's talk about the Irish. And I feel a little bit better. After uh, some of the conversations we've had on BetQL Daily and uh, your tweet storm over the week, because Irish fans hate you right now, but I can't disagree with where you stand on their win total. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame fans probably hate me uh, as much as any fan base in the country, which it sounds about right, because I grew up with season tickets. And man, I got to tell you, in the Bob Davey and Charlie Weiss and Tyrone Willingham era, I mean, it was I almost got into fights in the stadium. I couldn't believe that people were so getting to the point of being so apathetic to what was the, the seeing the product on the field. And speaking of the product on the field, look, I love Marcus Freeman, love the hire, love the future, but I think you're going to have to give the guy three, four years. Number one, to get, gain some experience as far as being a head coach. Number two, he's got some work to do as far as the recruiting front. But as far as this year's team goes, I mean, there's holes on the roster. Starting, you know, there's a big question mark at quarterback. I know a lot of people are excited about Tyler Buckner. Reality is the guy's played one full season of football the last three years, so he's a major question mark. Also, the wide receiver position, as far as the depth aspect goes, you're not going to see a lot of four or five wide receiver looks from Notre Dame. I expect a lot of 12 personnel, 13 personnel, 22 personnel. You're going to have to lean on some couple of freshman tight ends, uh, maybe a couple two-back sets, so we'll see how that works out for him. And the number one reason why I'm kind of anti-Notre Dame this season, I'm going under nine wins, 
is the schedule is so much tougher than what they've faced the last couple of seasons. I mean, they have two legitimate college football playoff teams on the schedule in Ohio State and Clemson. And I know Notre Dame fans are going to say, well, we beat Clemson a couple of years ago. Well, that was without Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. So, uh, I mean, when, when he reentered the lineup and they were healthy on the defense side of the ball, they got blown out. SC's better. BYU's a tough game in Vegas. At North Carolina, I uh, won't be easy. So I see the team going eight and four this year. Yeah, it's not that easy when you look at it. Uh, you mentioned the BYU game, middle of the season. It's like every few weeks there's going to be a, a really challenging one. And the USC, we'll, we'll get into USC in a little bit here, but the USC one, that's the worst possible spot. You're on the road, and they're going to be together for about a full year at this point. Uh, teams that have a lot of changes like that, maybe they're more bet on in the second half of the season. And back to the Irish for a moment, it, it, quarterback and experience, you're dead on. The lack of depth at wide receiver, that's not what you want to hear in this era. Biggest questions no. on the team, quarterback, receiver, and then it's a small sample size of one but I got a little concerned when I saw that game management in the bowl game last year. Oh, no question. I was in the stadium. I left in the third quarter because I could see it coming. Uh, yeah. Very worrisome. Now, look, I, I mean, I wasn't impressed with adjustments, but also rewatching it. I mean, players got to make plays, man. There was a couple of yeah. times where, I mean, the defense forced a couple of turnovers. The offense needed to make some plays. And, and Oklahoma State, you know, their linebacker, Malcolm Rodriguez, tackled, you know, Logan Diggs in the open field on a screen pass. I mean, if he doesn't make the tackle, it's a touchdown for Notre Dame. So, I mean, it's soon, sooner or later in these big games, forget the coaches, the players got to step up and make a couple plays because that's what a lot of these games come down to, just a few plays. But you're right, wasn't a good look. I'll say this, I am going to give him a pass. I mean, he was playing a legitimate – you could talk about talent all you want. The Notre Dame had, you know, recruits better than Oklahoma State. Reality is Mike Gundy – is a really damn good football coach. There's a reason why he's been there almost two decades. And you look at number of 10-win seasons the last decade, guess what? The only two guys that have more 10-win seasons than Mike Gundy are guys by the name of Dabble Sweeney and Nick Saban. So he was up against it a little bit. I think a lot of his focus as far as bowl prep was on that recruiting class, and deservedly so. He had to finish strong on that recruiting class. So I know a lot of people are worried about the X's and O's. I thought he did a really good job handling the staff hires, especially a bunch of hires that, you know, were unexpected. I mean, guys, you know, leaving, they were really committed guys like Lance Taylor at running back, Mike Elston and defensive line. He had to go out and make a bunch of additional hires and I couldn't be more impressed with them. So again, I think the future is bright. I'm just, I think there's going to be a struggle, not only in 2022, but maybe even 2023 for the Irish. Hmm. Brad, you're a pro. College football is your bread and butter, so you've been hitting these markets since they popped. Uh, the reality is most people have not been doing this. I mean, you have hundreds of bets, and you want to take advantage of all, all the hard work that you've put in at bradpowersports.com on this. So that's why you've bet so much, and it, it may sound crazy to some people, but this is what you do. Let's talk about uh, the current numbers that are available. And you can get into how much some of these have moved since you've been betting them over the last few months as the market has kind of taken shape here. Of the current numbers available, any win totals still stand out as uh, holding some value? Uh, obviously, my number one thing is going to be to shop because this year, more than any other year since I've been doing this, there are disparities in win totals. And by disparities, I mean almost every team you can find almost a half win difference. Half wins worth a lot. It's worth 70 cents. It doesn't sound like that much. Imagine betting today's baseball game and you want to bet the favorite 
instead of laying, you know, 180, you can lay 110. So that's a big difference long term. Uh, Georgia Tech under three and a half, I think is a good one that's still available if you shop hard. I think Jeff Collins is really up against it. I expect this to be his last season. Not afraid to pay heavy juice if you can still find Utah over eight and a half. I think that's a good bet. I think it's so good that I would even bet over nine. I think speaking of USC, I laid heavy juice early in the summer, made a bad bet. Didn't expect that USC would get so much love that they have. I think under nine and a half for USC is a really good bet. And, you know, another really public team that I want to fade right now, Texas. Uh, They've had a couple of key injuries on offense already. They got question marks on the offensive line. Defense has a a lot of room to improve compared to what we saw at the end of last season. Texas, if you shop real hard, you can find nine and even eight and a half. And I think under both of those are really good bets. All right, very good. Bunch of uh, win totals there. On the underside, Georgia Tech, USC, Texas. On the over, you're buying Utah. This is early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest Brad Powers, at Brad Powers 7 over on Twitter. Let's take a look at some of the conference futures. Let's just hit this from all angles. Which conferences are you not interested in? I, I think a lot of people would look at the Big Ten and say, well, there's no shot. Nobody but Ohio State is even worth anything, even if you want to look at the other division, because you're going to, let's say you make some sort of a run, you're going to be a three-touchdown dog in that Big Ten championship game, and good luck on hedging on that. So maybe some people are uh, trying to avoid conference futures in the Big Ten. Do you think there's a conference that you would stay away from, you wouldn't advise betting into, and which ones are we attacking? Well, that's a really good assumption on the Big Ten, and I understand that thought process. With that being said, I made a bunch of bets in the Big Ten. Just because (laughs) I I think the West Division's wide open. Obviously, Uh Ohio State's going to be a significant favorite, and deservedly so. But, I mean, if you're going to give me teams that I think have a good chance of at least making the Big Ten title game, like I think Minnesota is vastly underrated, at least in the early season uh, summer markets. I mean, 50 to 1. Sure, why not? I'm not a huge fan of Scott Frost, but 28 to 1. My bankroll is not small enough where, you know, I'm okay to hedge in certain situations, even if I'm laying a heavy money line on the Buckeyes. So I I did make a couple of those bets on some West teams that are long shots in the Big Ten. Conferences that to stay away from, I almost bet every single conference and shouldn't come a surprise with with almost 300 bets already. (laughs) But Conference USA, because I I thought there was a clear-cut favorite in UAB, and right when I was getting around to making, you know, conference future bets, the, the news uh, of their head coach leaving and not being part of the program kind of dampened me on that. I still think they have the best personnel by far. I think that the main contender, UTSA, might, you know, have some difficulty this year handling expectations. So looking through it right now as I'm talking, I think it's the only conference I didn't bet was Conference USA. Which ones are most wide open? I know you have numerous bets on the Big Ten. I hear a lot of chatter. Like people are picking any team but Clemson in that ACC, and uh, so you never know what's going to happen there. Uh, any other conference futures that you're uh, targeting? ACC, I do think is wide open. With that being said, my biggest bets on Clemson because you know Price circa sports here in Las Vegas had a nice hefty plus number on Clemson, and if you're going to give me a plus one forty. On the Clemson Tigers, when I think they should be favored against the rest of the conference, then then sign me up for that. But with that being said, because I think the other side of the division is pretty wide open, you know, Pittsburgh, Miami, even North Carolina, if you're looking for a long shot there, 
I could see winning that division this year. So I did bet a few ACC games. Another conference I think is wide open. Hey, you want to bet a long shot? I think Big 12, if we're talking power conferences. You know, I think Oklahoma deserves to be the favorite, but with uh, first-year coach, a lot of roster turnover, the off-field issues already on the coaching staff here in the last, you know, seven to ten days that, that, that at least – Brings up, you know, what's the locker room situation like for Oklahoma? I mean, Oklahoma State's live there in that conference. I think Baylor is, Texas is, and maybe even a longer shot. Kansas State, I could see winning that conference or at least making the Big 12 championship game. Wow. You mentioned Utah, over eight and a half. Hell, play the over nine if you don't want to lay a, a ton of juice <laughs> on the eight and a half number. So are they going to win the Pac-12? Yeah, I bet Utah four to one. I think anything above plus 250 is a decent bet. The mispricing there is USC. The, the, the team is getting too much love. Utah hosts USC. I think, generally speaking, I think USC's main issue is at the line of scrimmage this year, and that's Utah's strength. And I know that you know Utah might have some issues and people are remembering the Rose Bowl. Keep in mind, they were banged up at defensive back, and I know Ohio State was going up and down the field on them. So, I mean, it is a worry there with USC's passing game being much improved, but I just think coaching stability, roster stability, the fact that one's in Salt Lake, I think Utah wins that game. And the question is, you know, who are they going to face in the Pac-12? Is it a rematch against SC or is they play in Oregon? Again, in my power rings, I think Utah is a clear-cut favorite over both teams. So, again, anything above plus 250, I think solid for Utah to win the Pac-12. We can have the SEC conversation inside the national title conversation because two of those top three favorites, Alabama and Georgia, Ohio State also in the picture, and people are going to try and figure out, okay, what's the fourth best team if things go as planned? What about national title futures and uh, Bama specifically? Do you think they're as good as, as the hype is right now? Oh, yeah. If anything – they're probably not getting talked enough, believe it or not. I just, I mean, they answer every question for the most part. I mean, start with the head coach, the greatest ever to do it. I don't even think that's a debate anymore with Nick Saban. They have the proper motivation, you know, the, the what Nick Saban likes to call the never waste of failure. Last season was a failure. They got the best, arguably the best offensive player in the country in Bryce Young. They have not only the best defensive player in the country in Will Anderson, but I think he's capable of being a generational type talent on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they welcome in, obviously, another great recruiting class. Whatever holes that they did perceive to have, I thought they filled in nicely as far as the transfer portal, led by Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech, who I think is a Heisman-caliber-type player there at running back, and they're mm -hmm. going to throw it to him out of the backfield. He'll probably even be involved in the return game and special teams. And, and then schedule-wise, obviously, I think Alabama is going to be a double-digit favorite in every single game, at least in the regular season. So, yeah, Alabama deserves to be the favorite. And again, if you can find anything two to one or greater uh, in the futures markets, I think it's worth a bet. I, I bet Alabama on January 10th to win the title. That's how confident I was the tied we're going to win it this year. Is that your only team you're going in on there? No, the, the other team that I went in a little bit. Uh, no, I bet four teams, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. Clemson and Oklahoma, just because they're, I, I thought, really good prices, but I don't expect either ones to win it. It was just, you know, two teams I thought would be favored in all 12 games. Ohio State would be the other one. I bet them five to one. I, I had a decent size taken on the Buckeyes there. I, I'm fully expecting Alabama, Ohio State for the national title. I know that's not going to be breaking news here, but <laughs> I mean, I think they're clear cut the two best teams in the country. Yeah. If that's the play, bet it earlier rather than waiting around until we uh, get a clearer picture on that 
playoff. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score with professional better Brad Powers. He hones in on college football, sharing terrific information. What you just said uh, about the Heisman, Gibbs, dead on agree. 100%. And uh, we've seen Bama running backs win the Heisman in the past. We can still find a 50 to 1. I'm sure you're getting better numbers out there in Vegas. And, and you threw Will Anderson, man. He's fourth in the odds. I'm seeing some books post numbers as low as 16 to 1. This is wild. But, you know, he got some steam at the end of last year. So it could carry over onto the best team in college football, right? Like this, this Will Anderson steam has already started. It has. I'm part of it. I did bet a defensive player, uh, Will Anderson. I wouldn't bet 16 to 1. I'll tell you that. If you're no. asking me, would you bet it now? No. But and keep in mind with the highs when you're betting a narrative. That's why I'm not a huge guy on Bryce Young repeating. I mean, I could see. I mean, he, there's a good possibility he couldn't even put up better numbers than last season, but I'm not sure that they're going to have a repeat highs and winner. It's only happened one time prior. With Will Anderson, I think about matchups. Everyone's going to be watching week two, that Texas-Alabama game. It'll be one of the most watched games, at least in September and October. And what they're going to see is a, a mismatch. I mean, Texas' biggest weakness on offense, the offensive line. So, I mean, Will Anderson's getting three, four sacks in that game. And everybody in the world's watching it. He's a guy that, you know, jumps to almost the very top of the Heisman board immediately. So, I think there is a legitimate chance that a defensive player can win it. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson just finished second last year. In my opinion, Will Anderson's way better than Aiden Hutchinson. Mm. Would you bet him at 30? I would. I bet him at 40. Okay. So yeah, 30 would still be good. Cause again, I think it's a situation where even if he gets a couple of sacks and a bunch of pressures in that Texas game, I mean, his odds are going to be 15 to one at most after week two. 30 currently available here in Illinois for people that are interested. Want to take a shot on some Bama players. You mentioned Gibbs at 50 to one. I want to go back to uh, Nebraska. You mentioned them a few minutes ago, taking a shot at them to win the big 10. You got 28 to one. You can still find about 22 to one uh, here in the state. And <laughs> the big story with them, every game they lost by one score. Loss, 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 all by one score. These tight games that people are expecting them to turn it around and make the change at quarterback. Uh, Scott Frost, still the head coach there. The win total seven and a half. Have we gone too far with a Nebraska squad? I, I know they got a little bit better with the transfer port. A lot of teams did. But are we going too far by uh, posting the win total at seven and a half after three wins a year ago and a coach that just hasn't gotten it done since going there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, certainly if you're telling me what we would you bet over under seven and a half, I think under seven and a half. And I think it's a, mm -hmm. worth a good bet, but to be honest with you, I think at least a six win team, I think kind of best case scenario, seven win team. I don't see them winning eight games. I, I did bet under the win total. I'm not even going to tell you the number. I got some book. Uh, <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> they just had a bad number, but I think you're right. I mean, everyone's going to, you know, the analytics guys and stuff, and I understand it are going to point towards, you know, obviously Nebraska outscored their opposition a year ago, despite a three and nine record statistically pretty much like a six, seven win team a year ago. And they, you know, you look at the personnel this year and you would say that they're going to be better. So I understand it to a certain extent, but reality is we saw not only last season, we've seen the last four seasons of Nebraska coming up short game after yep. game in close games. And to me, that's not bad luck at a certain point. It's just bad coaching. You're not doing the little things right. 
I mean, they finally just got around to hiring a special teams coach. That's cost them some games. Untimely penalties, a lot of turnovers. We'll see if the new quarterback can clean up from what they've had the last three, four years with Adrian Martinez. But uh, again, it comes down to coaching. After losing so many bets a few years ago on Scott Frost betting on Nebraska, <laughs> says, "Hey, they're better than they're better than the record. They're better than the record." You know, I don't have much confidence that he's going to all of a sudden go roll out and win eight games this year. With you. All right. I feel better about my bet. I took Nebraska under as well. Any other uh, Big Ten win totals that you like? At the current market, you know, Indiana, I think you could still find four and a half. I go under. Uh, I think they've kind of lost a little bit of their mojo. They had a really good staff. Uh, he's lost a bunch of them. Dylan McCullough, you know, I thought was a steal to go to Notre Dame. That was one of their Indiana's best assistant coaches. And then when you start looking at the guys Tom Allen's lost, over the last three, four years, I mean, one guy, Kalen DeBoer, I mean, who was his offense coordinator, is now the head coach of Washington. So he had a really good locker room a couple of years ago, and now they've went all of a sudden heavy transfer portal. And I'm not sure that that's the, they're leaning into the strength with what made Indiana really good in 2019 and 2020. So I know that they'll be better this year, but I just don't see it from a schedule aspect, them getting to five wins. So under four and a half for the Hoosiers. With Brad Powers here on 670, the score early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Week zero, next Saturday, Dublin, Ireland. It's Nebraska and Northwestern. Those Huskers laying 12 and a half, total of 50 and a half. Are you playing the Wildcats? I am, but I'm waiting. I, I don't think there's any rush to bet it. Obviously, 12 is a pretty dead number. Uh, can I get a 13? Can I get a 14? I, I doubt the 14. But I'm still waiting. Uh, I, I did bet under already. I do expect a little bit of lower scoring game. I'd certainly expect a much more competitive game than a year ago. I mean, obviously, Nebraska, and their one really outstanding performance a year ago was a blowout win over Northwestern. I think Pat Fitzgerald's a guy that, that'll have kind of an axe to grind a little bit. Maybe thought <laughs> they were embarrassed. So I think Northwestern's the clear side in this one from a power ratings aspect though, pure power ratings. If you're looking at the disparity, I think it's a fair line. That's why we haven't seen too much line movement over the course of the summer. Mm. Anything else next Saturday? I'm involved in almost every game already. Let's go. Uh, what I'm waiting for is FCS lines to get posted so that that'll be where my money's going to be going down on Saturday. Right now at the current numbers, Believe it or not, I mean, if you shop really hard, 27 and a half or 28, I'll take Connecticut, the large dog. Okay. How about uh, week one? These have been posted uh, for just as long. I'm involved. I think I have made 77 week one, week zero, week one bets. <laughs> a lot so you're going to hit 100, down. aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Easily. yeah. I, oh, yeah. I mean, counting the FCS, I'll be over 100 when it's all said and done. Um, yeah. Right now, currently, Value. I mean, it's a tough question because a lot of these are moving three, four, five points. Wow. I like Tulsa against Wyoming. Uh, that number I expect is going to close Tulsa favored by three. Reason being is I think Wyoming, I think people might even overreact to what they see with whether it's good or bad with Wyoming in week zero. I'm here to tell you a nice little nugget to take advantage of. And this is something to keep track of after the week zero games are over with. People overreact to those week zero games. So I mentioned this before, but it's actually better the last two decades to have film on your opponent than to actually have played the game. If you bet on the team that's got their season opener versus a team that's already played, you're hitting close to 55%. We're talking a couple hundred game sample size. 
And I think people get that wrong. They, they see a team just play, particularly if they played well and beat somebody by significant margin. I think they overreact and I think they get overpriced in the market. So I'll be looking to spot play and fade a lot of those teams that played in week zero and week one. Oh, that's a great angle. Get a few free points. We're always looking for that, right? I'll tell you what I have learned, especially when I'm betting so much volume is every half point matters. It really matters, obviously, in the NFL more than college, but I'm here to tell you every half point matters. It really does. Well, let me ask you this. So uh, you, you talk a lot about the key numbers. You mentioned it's a dead number, 12 and a half, Nebraska Northwestern. And teasers so popular in the NFL. I'm not going to ask you about uh, college football teasers because we we don't want to do that. I, I'm sure yeah. you agree, especially with these high totals. Uh, but are the key numbers different in college football than the NFL much? No, they're not too much different. Here's the, the difference is obviously the more key number in the NFL is three, although it's been moving towards seven with higher scoring, uh, where in college football, seven is more valuable than three. The thing with college football is the three, seven corridor in the NFL for talking a little bit teasers, obviously it's so important because those numbers between three and seven just mean so much more. Mm -hmm. What means more in college are more of your general numbers. 10 matters, 14 matters, 21 matters, because, I mean, you're dealing with different disparities, especially with non-conference games early on. So any type of general football score, getting getting the better of that half point is going to help you. I'm just here to tell you that. Everything that I tell you right now, uh, the most important thing would be to shop and around those key numbers. It's so much important to get plus 21 and a half, even though it doesn't sound that great and doesn't sound like a key number. Getting plus 21 and a half instead of plus 21 long term is going to be pretty critical, even in college. Last thing for you, Brad, the majority of your work on college football but NFL, does anything stand out as a specific team or two that you're finding ways to buy or sell on? Again, the numbers have been out for a while. I'm not a big fan of the Chicago Bears to keep it local. Nobody, nobody is total. Brad. Bears yeah. fans are not fans of the Chicago Bears this year. Yeah. Uh, so I did fade Chicago early on. I'm not expecting much there. My most liability is in the AFC North. And a lot of it has to do with the anticipation of, you know, Watson. And now I think we got some finality with, with him being suspended now 11 games. Mm -hmm. What I played was Baltimore over. Now that number is not available. But one number that I'm leaning towards now more, I expect Cincinnati to take a step back. Cleveland's going to take a step back, or at least compared to what the expectations were three, four months ago. Baltimore has been bet into by the pros. A team that hasn't that, you know, I'm kind of getting higher on just looking through them. Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not afraid to go over seven and a half. I don't mind that. If you're selling two teams, you're buying one. And it was amazing that Baltimore earlier in the offseason, they were the third favorite. Now they're yeah. the favorite to win that division. But yeah, I get Tomlin who's never had a losing season. Yeah. I can find ways to buy him a little bit. I'm all about that. Great stuff this morning. Brad Powers of BradPowersSports.com. Follow him on Twitter at Brad Powers 7. Brad, thanks for sharing all the info with our early odds audience this morning. Hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski. That's at Joe Ostrowski. Is Matt Eberflus one of these bet on coaches in the preseason? The Bears got their action out of the way for week number two on Thursday. But we've got a handful of uh, more games today. I'll share my betting angles. Keep it here. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. 
The score listener line is open 24-7, 365, and powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score. Guys, the floose, the floose is on fire. I'm serious. This isn't about what's going to happen in the regular season. We're strictly keeping it preseason. There are coaches that care about the preseason, and a lot of times in a bucket of coaches that just don't care. Well, Eberflus is 2-0 straight up, 2-0 against the spread, 2-0 to the under. Maybe something to monitor going into next Saturday when the Bears go to Cleveland. Browns not putting forth much of an effort today. No Brissett, no Watson. That's a whole other story. And most of their starters not going to play. Uh, now back to that in a moment as far as today's card. Uh, my betting angle this weekend, all about betting totals. If you're going to do anything, I'd go that route. Heading into this week, overs were 14-3, and but the average total was low 30s. Last week it was 34. And the books responded after that 14-3 and start by adding nearly a touchdown to these numbers. So we now have higher totals. All right. But with those higher totals, we have fewer starters playing overall across the league this weekend. And it kind of makes sense. Week two is what week four used to be. Teams seem to be much more concerned about these joint practices and they find more value in them much more value than what they're getting out of preseason game number of two. Barely any QB1s, not a ton of even backups. QB2s are going to be out there. So I'm only looking at unders. Games to go that had joint practices this week with some good old brawls in them. Lions-Colts, Niners-Vikings, Cowboys-Chargers, Eagles, Browns, and don't forget about John Harbaugh going for his 22nd consecutive preseason win tomorrow at Arizona. The Arizona Cardinals not playing any starters. Will exhibition week three be different? Hard to say. I don't think you could make a sweeping opinion of that. Like these first couple of weeks, different teams, different coaches, they're going to do different things. Some have already come out and said, okay, my starting quarterback is going weeks one and weeks three only. So some are going to have starters and treat next week like a dress rehearsal. We're going to have to wait and see what kind of information we get out there. About half of the sports books have dropped the Bears win total down to five and a half. You might remember for a short period of time, it opened at seven and a half. Now some, including our friends over at BetMGM, are at five and a half. Why so much money coming in on the Bears under? Worst record odds taking a dip every time I look. Now we're down to eight to one. So this Bears 2-0 preseason record, no impact on the betting markets and what's going to happen this year, just like it should be. It's one-way traffic, everyone betting against the Bears. Speaking of betting against the Bears, weekly contributor Jim Miller is next. We have a Cy Young update and three NFL season props to discuss. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Back here on Early Odds, Sports Radio 670 The Score. You've got Joe Ostrowski here every Saturday morning, 
8 to 9 a.m. And we bring in our weekly contributor, Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse at Hawthorne Jim. Uh, we want to do a reset on one of the Cy Young races because we have drastic line movement. And I'm not sure that we should. Jim has a take on that. Some NFL season long props. But, Jim, it sounds like this week uh, you've been traveling the entire state, yeah. haven't you? I've been very busy. We conduct the racing down at the Illinois State Fair at Springfield, and there's been five days of racing there, along with racing at Hawthorne. So it's been a lot of trips up and down I-55 for me to keep things busy, but we're rounding out the racing meet here at Springfield. It's been really good racing and really good weather, but I'll tell you, kids are heading back in school, so that means the fall's just around the corner. It means NFL season's just around the corner, but MLB playoffs also. A lot of chatter all week on the score about the AL Cy Young race, and naturally, yeah. because you get Cease versus Verlander the other day, uh, that's going to be a big part of it. A lot of what-ifs coming out of that game. I don't know that voters were locked in like right. some of the local Southside fans were, and just really the entire city, even if you're a Cubs fan, I know a lot of them were watching that game, is one of those you kind of clear the schedule, make sure you're in front of your television. It, it disappointed a little bit, and you know, Cease's line should have been better. Verlander's line could have been better, but he walks out of that one as a bigger favorite. Nothing's done in any sense of the imagination, but I uh, wanted to reset because we discussed it last week and I want to see if you're still there. Basically we're saying with a month and a half left that Sandy Alcantara should not be as big of a favorite as he is. And the lead continues to increase. I'm seeing some spots put Sandy at minus 700 oh my minus 700 and you know the ward numbers he's tied with some people so what's your reaction when you see that increase as days come off the calendar well and here's what's happened since we talked about this last week joe sandy's just kind of stayed the course for where he was last week the two guys that we talked about carlos rodan should have picked up a victory coming off of his start on wednesday night he didn't he got he got a no decision but off that game, his ERA total went down. He struck out 11 in that game, walked only a couple, but yet his odds went up. And then Tony Gonsolin, another guy who we talked about, did pick up a victory and another excellent outing. So now we're sitting here with Sandy, even a bigger favorite with an 11-5 and record. Rodon's 11-6. and Tony Gonsolin's 14-1. and Yet Sandy's this massive favorite, and you're looking at 50-1 to and 30-1 to respectively on the other two. So Sandy doesn't get the strikeouts, so that's against him. I find it very interesting that the two favorites are not high strikeout pitchers, but no votes have been cast yet. But right. there's this assumption because the ERA is so low. Now, Gonsolin is in that team picture with Sandy. High ones to low twos. I've made my case for Rodon, and you can find him now at about 50-1. to 1. It feels like the ERA would have to change drastically because uh, Sandy has a full run lead. The war numbers may be locked in neck and neck, but ERA is still big. It still matters. And I know strikeouts can help, but they're not more important than ERA, at least according to the odds maker. So I, I'm not sure that anybody else can jump in aside from your guy, Gonsolin. I, I don't know if they can or not, but like you mentioned, Carlos Rodon's going to strike out 200 batters this season. That's a yeah. big number. Sandy, I doubt he's going to get to that number. And then Rodon's on a team and the Giants that are still in the chase for making the playoffs. So that's the one thing that I think does keep him in the mix. For Tony Gonsolin, you're playing on the best team in baseball right now. You're playing on the best team in baseball 
where now you're an even bigger focus because they just lost another one of their big arms in Walker Bueller. So Gonsolin has to be a bigger focus. What it could mean is he may have to work deeper into some games, which will help because he probably needs to throw a few more innings. His strikeout total could go up a little bit more. But again, one or two outings from Sandy, and I don't want to even say bad outings. It could be three runs and five innings type of thing. If you pick up one or two more losses with numbers like that and Gonsolin stays the course, all of a sudden those two ERA numbers close a little bit more and you're looking at so much better value on a guy instead of looking at somebody a minus 700. You know I'm all about making cases for some long shots, but here's where you get caught up. This is when you get beat. When you're splitting hairs and you look at the innings pitched, Sandy might have 60 more than Gonsolin when the season wraps. 60 yep. more full innings. And that's going to be tough to get by if the numbers are close. And I agree with you there. And I guess the question that comes down is, okay, if you're looking at that 60-inning difference at the end of the season, say Sandy's 12-6 and six, and say Gonsolin's 17-1. and one. Then when you're a voter, what does your determination go to? Does it go to everything else behind that win-loss record? And it may, because it has in the past. There's been precedent for it. Or are they going to look and say, okay, this guy's numbers are just so incredible that you have to give him consideration. And it might be a vote, even if, if Sandy wins it, I think this is a vote that could be a little bit closer than what everybody else seems to think. I think workload is much more important to voters in 2022 than win-loss record. And I think you're probably right. Yeah. And I guess the workload's going to come down. And again, too, Sandy also being a young pitcher and a young pitcher on a team that is not in the playoff race, how much is he going to be used the rest of the way as well? Sure, sure. Still think it's a little bit open. I don't agree with this minus 700. It certainly yeah. sounds like you're you're in the same boat. Uh, it's going to be tough to beat him, but he is beatable. When, you, when you're lower in the strikeouts, the door is always cracked. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score. All right, NFL season props. Jim, you have three of them. Uh, let's Let's yeah. hit them. And I'll tell you, shopping numbers and shopping prices is the way to go. Because a lot of numbers are close, but there's some spots where numbers have swayed a little bit. There's two players first off that I want to focus on. And it's funny because the player we're not even talking about in these numbers plays kind of an important role in both these guys. And that's Devontae Adams. And the reason I say that is the first guy you talk about is Derek Carr for passing yards. That number I'm looking at is 4,400 and a half yards for a guy that's coming off a season where he threw for four. 800 yards and adds Devontae Adams. And then for rushing yards, Devontae Adams is gone from the Packers. A.J. Dillon is there. He's going to get a lot more carries this year. His number is 749 and a half. And he's coming off the season where Adams was on the roster and A.J. Dillon ran for 803 yards. I think both Carr goes over for passing yards and Dillon goes over for rushing yards. All right. First on Vegas with Carr in this passing yards of 4,400 and the hook. Well, I have to like this number because I bet on Carr to be the passing yards leader in the NFL yeah. with a yeah. little bit of value. I love the change with the offensive mind with McDaniels. Of course, the addition with Devonta, you expect his second half of the season to be stronger than his first half, but I don't think it's going to take all that long. And one of the biggest reasons that I ended up playing him as passing yards leader is not only that he's been in the hunt for that stat in the past, but now you add for my money the best receiver in the game. Now you add a much better offensive play caller. Gruden was good, but I think McDaniels is better. And you're in the best division in football, and that matters because 
There are going to be a lot of full four-quarter games that are shootouts in this division. So that's part of the play as well. I'm not big on playing over on season props at 4,400 and the hook. I have to believe in that because I believe in Carr leading the way, being up there with the top passers. So the A.J. Dillon one is interesting. I'm just starting to uh, go through some of these fantasy drafts that I'm doing. I've I've cut back a little bit because it's going to be a busy football season for all of us. (laughs) But the ones that I am doing, I'm hoping A.J. Dillon falls to me in a bunch of them. It's year three. Isn't this what you drafted him for? I know Aaron Rodgers wanted Aaron Jones to get the new contract and all that. They do have an out after this season. So I think that's important. But you saw Dylan's workload increase last year. He was massive in the red zone, scoring seven touchdowns. I'm buying Dylan. I'll agree with you on that. I just would go with a different prop. Instead of the 749 in the hook, yeah, they, they could be more run heavy. They're going to be a, a strong defensive unit. That's certainly what it looks like. And I think Dylan's going to be a bigger part of this. But the prop that I prefer would be Dylan over five and a half rushing touchdowns. What do you think? Oh, yeah. He's got to be the goal line back for sure. He's your ground and pound type of guy. And the other thing, too, is you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't have a whole lot of confidence in his current receiving core. So because of that, <laughs> you have a guy in Aaron Jones. What happens if Aaron Jones is out in the slot? He's a guy that could be your slot guy and then possibly catching more passes. And A.J. Dillon's that guy that's running the ball. 100%. Okay, three of three. What's the third? And the third one, go to Pittsburgh. Chase Claypool. His over-under for receiving yards is 725 and a half. Last year, he caught for 860 yards from a guy that could barely throw a ball more than six yards. Now, at least you're going to have some arms that can possibly stretch things downfield. You got Deontay Johnson on one end. I think Chase Claypool, especially with his runs after the catch, this seems to be a really low total for me as well. All right. I want to go to another receiver. I just want to bring this up, just my thought process, because uh, you can put it over on Claypool as well. George Pickens has a great week one preseason game. I talked about him after the draft as being a possibility for offensive rookie of the year. In May, he was 40 to one after Last weekend's game, you know where he was, Jim? What are you going on? Where he was? There's some sports books that made George Pickens the favorite to be the offensive rookie. Oh my gosh, that's off off one preseason game against backups and third stringers. I love the talent. I wish the Bears would have drafted him. I think he's going to have a strong rookie campaign with those quarterbacks, Trubisky and Pickett, and maybe Rudolph. I'm not sure that he can win that award, but man. I bring that up because of the Claypool thing. The only yeah. thing that, that holds me back here is the quarterbacks. And that's my hesitation with offensive rookie of the year with Pickens. I, you don't bet it as a favorite, no chance. But I would assume that number is going to go down a little bit. Uh, but why did you hone in on Claypool so much? Because they have a strong defense. I, yeah. I would think that they're not going to be chasing teams by multiple scores this season. No, I don't know if they're going to be chasing teams by any means. I think it's actually more the ability of a quarterback to throw the ball downfield a little bit more. And that's the thing last year is Claypool so often was having to have these yards after the catch and was having to try to kind of do things on his own. Mm -hmm. And right now, that's not really the case. This is something where I think Claypool can actually go down the field 10, 12, 15 yards, catch the ball, and then look to move from there. So because of that, might be one of those things where he just opens it up a little bit more. And here's the thing, too. You think about it. Okay. 725 is this number right now for Chase Claypool. 
So what does that mean? He really has to do on the season 40 yards a game, a little bit more. It's not a whole lot. It's two, three catches possibly for him in a game. And this is a guy with the ability to break things open on any play. So that just seemed like a really low number to me. Yeah, all signs point to Trubisky being their week one starter at Cincinnati. By the way, love Pittsburgh getting six and a half points. That's that's another story that we could talk about. They will definitely be on my card in all my contests. But listen to the start for the Steelers at Cincinnati, home against New England, at Cleveland versus the Jets, at Buffalo against Tampa Bay. That's pretty tough. In those first six weeks, you've got the Bengals, the Bills, the Bucks. Brown's still talented, even though they don't have Deshaun Watson. That's a pretty brutal start for Mitch. So you would think that you're going to make a quarterback change maybe after those six weeks, possibly after week eight to the rookie, uh, because that's when they go on by. So that's the other part I'm thinking about. Will either of these quarterbacks, maybe they go to Rudolph too, will any of these quarterbacks have Claypool as their guy? And that's the one thing that you have to find out. But the good thing too, actually, when you're looking at numbers, is because of a tough start to the schedule may mean that they have to work a little bit from behind as well. So again, more passing attempts, more of a potential to extend things downfield. I just I would not surprise me if Claypool's number is say 30, 40 yards higher by the time we get to the first game of the season. Yeah, that's the one I'm not sure about, but I'm with you on the car passing yards for sure. I'm buying Dylan stock. We just have different props there. I'm going with the touchdowns. You're going with the rushing yards. Well, Jim, yep. where are you going with the ponies? We had a really good week last week. We had two winners in a second last week, so we're going to go to three different tracks this week. Start out at Saratoga. Race number 10, this is the grade one Alabama. Bet the four, Nest across the board. Nest won really easily over the track last time out. Then Fairmont Park, now called FanDuel Racing. Race six is the St. Louis Derby. Bet the four horse, strike hard across the board. This one stalks and pounces. And then in race eight at Del Mar, the grade one Del Mar Oaks. Bet the two. Bella Bell across the board, another one that's improving and should be able to continue improvement in this race. Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse, traveling the state, having a whole lot of fun. And uh, hopefully, Jim, you've got some uh, good meals at some restaurants you didn't know existed uh, over the week. Have some fun and uh, we'll do this again next week. Wait, do we have college football next week? Is it week zero? I think it we might do. be. I think we do. It'll be fun. All right, Jim, we'll talk then. You got it. Joe. Lots of fried food for me at the fairs, my friend. <laughs> Yep, almost here. Full-on football breakdowns for the next five to six months every week here on Early Ons. If you're looking for some college football bets and you miss the start of the show, highly recommend you go back and listen to my conversation with pro better Brad Powers on the Odyssey app or on the Early Odds podcast. Heavy NFL, heavy college football weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. on BetQL Daily. 105.9 FM HD2, the Odyssey app, if you want to catch the show live, or there's always the BetQL Daily Podcast. Talk all week on the score. Inside the clubhouse is next. Cash those tickets and keep it locked right here on 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.